All right. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to get the most out of starting over financially, no matter how old you are, but specifically if you're in your 30s, because believe it or not, a lot of people have demonized starting over and it's really not as bad as you may think. So make sure you stick around to the end so you can learn how to get the most out of starting over financially. Now, welcome to episode 13 of That Finance Chick, where I specifically help the overthinking, procrastinating perfectionist woman create wealth building systems so they can build wealth where they are and achieve freedom to live a life they love. I am your host, Atiqua, aka That Finance Chick. I hope y'all are having a fantastic day, week, month, season, whatever. I hope you're doing wonderful. I know it's been a minute since I've had an episode, since I've gone live. You know, things have been a little crazy and I've been making a lot of changes in the background and my personal life is changing. So I'm also, you know, preparing for that too. So if you are in here, let me know where your, what your name is, where you're from. And if you happen to be watching the replay, drop replay gang in the comment section so I know that you are watching and you are here with us still. Now, today's episode is actually going to be one of my favorites because I think we don't talk a lot about the benefits of starting over, especially when it comes to our finances. Um, you know, starting over can look like a couple of things. It can be, you know, you coming out of bankruptcy. Hey, Erica. Uh, it can be you, you know, depleting your savings because an emergency popped up or you lost your job. It can be a multitude of things that has caused you to start over financially. And, you know, I want to make sure that I equip you or give you a lot of resources that can help you or at least a starting plan to help you get the most out of starting over. So I do want to do a quick shout out to Andrea from the Well Starts Here Text Club because this is why I'm doing this episode. She said that I feel like I keep starting over financially, which leaves me feeling like I'm being left behind. What advice can you give me so I can get it right this time? I'm in my 30s and I crave stability. Well, Andrea, this is a great question and this is a good topic and we're about to talk about it. If anybody in here relates to Andrea, drop a comment or drop an emoji in the comment section so I know who's in here and if I'm talking to you too. And again, if you're watching this on the replay, drop it in the comment section to let me know that you are here and you relate to Andrea. All right. So, and really quick also, if you are someone who wants to have your question answered in a form of an episode, depending on what it is, and you're not a part of the text club, make sure to text hashtag text club the 201-258-3995. And I will make sure to get your questions on the list of episodes that are coming up in the near future. You feel the exact same? Absolutely the same? Okay, well, I got you. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> All right. So like I said, first things first, starting over is not as bad as a lot of people make it seem. Um, honestly, I'm a huge fan of starting over. If y'all have been with me since the beginning, y'all know I have started over uh, in my brand <laughs> a, a, multi a multitude of times, and it has been the best thing for me. Uh, a lot of times people try to just keep thugging it out and, you know, keep trucking it and, you know, keep trying to plow forward 
on a foundation that just doesn't make sense for who they are, what they're trying to accomplish and who they're trying to become. So if you are feeling bad or you're feeling left behind because you think that you're having to start over, first of all, I need you to get that thought or those thoughts out of your mind because you're comparing yourself to people who have probably started over a mul- multiple times and you're also comparing yourself to people and you don't even know their full situation. So we need to get out of that habit of comparing ourselves to others, okay? And then also, um, I love the fact that you get to learn from experience. You're not starting over from scratch. You're starting from, okay, I've done this, I've done that, and these things don't work for me. So now I need to figure out a new way. You are starting over from experience, and that is the best place to start over from. It's not like you're completely starting from ground zero. You have experience, and you know what doesn't work for you. Now it's just figuring out what actually makes sense for you and what you're trying to accomplish. And then also, I love the idea that you can always rebuild using broken or mismatched pieces. So let's take a, let's take a puzzle piece or a puzzle, for example. You can have all the pieces, right? And some pieces may fit, even though it's not the right spot. You may get some pieces to stick together, but the picture is not the same. Once you tear that puzzle down and you start matching them to the correct place, the right corner, the right center, whatever the case is, you have a full picture. It's not that you didn't have the right stuff. It's not that you didn't have the right resources. You just did not have (laughs) the correct picture to go off of or the right plan. And I am wanting to provide you with some sort of encouragement that it's okay, okay? You're not alone. You're not the only person who's had to start over. It's okay. And you're probably going to have to start over again at some point because where you're going is going to require a different level of, a different level of work experience or a different plan. Life is always changing. You're always going to have to restart some way, some shape, some form. And then also, Starting over is a great place or starting over is a is great because it always allows you to build a proper foundation and system based on who you are and who you are trying to become and what you are trying to accomplish. Um, and it's not always depending on what other people say that you should do. So I'm going to use myself as an example because I've been there. I've done it multiple times. <laughs> You know, um, I want to use my weight loss journey, for example, right? I have had multiple people tell me, okay, well, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out. You got to cut carbs, um, no sugar or no processed sugars, none of that. And because I am someone who likes to indulge, (laughs) because I am someone who believes that I should be able to enjoy life, and that includes, you know, me eating the foods that I love. It just wasn't going to work because that wasn't a foundation that I wanted to build my life on. And it's not a foundation um, for the woman that I want to become. I want to be a woman of leisure, of comfort. I want to be able to do as I please um, within a certain, uh, let's say, within a certain constraint. It's probably not the right word I want to use, but I think y'all get it, okay? And um If you're constantly trying to create plans or do things how other people say to do it that works for them specifically and it doesn't work for you, you're never going to get to the point where you want to get. I've had people tell me flat out that I was stubborn because I didn't want to follow their directions when I just really learned that 
mm, my brain doesn't work that way. It's not wired the way that yours is. So it's just not clicking for me. I can't see me doing this. And when you finally find a system and a foundation that works for you, building that stability that you crave, Andrea, and everybody else who relates to Andrea is going to be um, a wonderful thing for you to have and be able to experience because you're not stressed out as much trying to keep up with anybody else, okay? All right, so I'm going to give you four main tips or four main things that you need to do in order for you uh, to get the most out of starting over financially. So first things first is have a realistic plan. So when I say realistic plan, let's go back to the weight loss journey, for example. If you know that you are not a morning person and you're trying to lose weight, you're more than likely not going to set yourself up and say, you know what, I'm gonna wake up at 5 a.m. every day and go work out. That's not who you are. <laughs> That's not who you're trying to become. You want to lose weight. You want the result. But you know that morning routine is not going to be it for you. It might be, you know what? I can wake up at 7 a.m. comfortably and I can go work out. That works for me. I can still build a plan around that. I can still get the result that I'm looking for. But I'm creating systems and plans and habits that align with where I am right now and where I'm trying to go. So, um, Let's say, for example, right, you have three major goals that you want to accomplish in the next year. So when we talk about creating realistic plans, we want things that we can actually accomplish. OK, now, if you're someone who was like, you know what, I want to save ten thousand dollars in the next year. OK, on average, that means that you are <laughs> having to budget or save at least eight hundred and thirty three dollars every single month. Well, you know. After you pay all your bills, you have $400 left over. It's not realistic for you to say, I'm going to save $10,000 in the next year because you don't even have half of the amount that you have to put away for your savings to accomplish that goal unless you have other income coming in, right? So we need to be realistic and we need to bite off what we can chew. So let's say one of your major goals is to um, max out your Roth IRA in the next year. That's six thousand dollars if you're under if you're under fifty, right? So your steps that you're going to want to complete because we need to figure out the major goal and the baby steps to get us to those goals. <laughs> you need to look at your budget and determine what you are comfortable with putting aside when you get paid, right? So I know a lot of people like throwing out a number and a lot of people like asking, "Hey, how much am I supposed to be investing every single month?" I don't know. What's your comfortable number? What's your budget looking like? What's your expenses looking like, right? What are you comfortable with putting away and not ever touching until it's time to properly touch that money, okay? Because a lot of people, they get excited and they want to start investing. And then they say, you know what? I see my money growing. Oh, actually, you know what? I have money sitting in my brokerage account. Let me go ahead and dip into those funds. No. What are you comfortable with putting away and forgetting that it's there and constantly feeding that machine? Then if you say, you know what, I can afford $125 a week or, you know, $250 biweekly, that's great because that means that's putting you at about $500 a month going towards your Roth IRA. That's bringing you to that $6,000 um, annually into your Roth IRA to max it out. So that means, all right, every time I get paid on Thursdays, before I pay anything else after I have created a proper budget. I'm going to automatically have Fidelity take out 
or <laughs> I'm going to have them automatically take out $250 every other Thursday to make sure that I am having that money go into my Roth IRA account. Then I want to do monthly check-ins. I want to make sure that I'm doing what I said I was going to do. I want to make sure I'm not cheating myself. I want to make sure that I'm not sabotaging myself. I want to make sure that I am doing what is best for me and what I said that I really want to do. And then let's say, you know, once you get comfortable with that number, you want to increase your budget if possible. And after you max out your IRA, you want to put your additional income into, let's say, you know, revisiting your 401k at your job if you get matched. Um, or you want to just start investing in your brokerage account. That's perfectly fine too, but you have a plan for your next steps. Those are baby steps that you can bite off, okay? And then you can also look into cutting costs if possible. Now, I'm not here to say that you should not be enjoying your life, shouldn't be enjoying your money, shouldn't be having your 5 to $6 latte once in a while. I'm not here to overly cut the, the things that make life comfortable. Um, but if you know that, okay, I'm spending $700 a month on my, on my maintenance, that's nails, hairs, <laughs> excuse me, nails, hair, waxing, brunch, uh, whatever y'all do for fun. If you realize that, okay, I'm spending so much money doing those things, okay, maybe cut it down in half. Maybe cut it down to three quarters of that. Whatever the case is, but you know you have some wiggle room to cut and you can allocate those funds elsewhere. Does that make sense? Y'all following me? You feel like this is a great advice that applies to a lot of things? Well, thank you so much, Anita. Please tell me I said your name right. <laughs> thank you for that. And then let's say your second goal that you want to accomplish is you want to pay down the negative equity on your car so you can finance your dream car with better rates. Let's say you got a car that you were stuck with a couple years ago because you needed a car. The rates weren't that great. Um, but it got you from point A to point B, okay? But you realize that, all right, I'm completely upside down on this car and I'm making a little bit more money now. My credit is a little better now. I think I can swing financing my real car or my dream car. All right, but I got to get rid of this negative equity. I don't want to trade it in and I don't want to roll it into my new car. So what you're going to do is, all right, let's look at my budget to determine what is my comfortable extra number. I want to emphasize comfortable as much as I possibly can because what can you comfortably put towards these goals that's not going to make you feel like you can't breathe at night, okay? What is it that you're going to be able to actually do um, that's not going to make you feel like you are severely restricting yourself? Now, I'm going to throw this disclaimer in that when you are starting out or you're starting over and you're creating new habits and new routines, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're, you're going to be uncomfortable. Like you have to get comfortable with that idea because growth is not fun. <laughs> it's really not. Um, sometimes you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and call yourself out. You're going to have to listen to other people call, your, call you out. You are going to not always enjoy this journey that you're on, but it's always going to be very beneficial, especially if you can stick with it. So don't confuse your comfortable number with you being uncomfortable with the new um, habits and routines that you're building for yourself. But yes, look at your budget and determine your comfortable extra number. So what I like to do is um, 
or what I like to rec recommend is figure out what your new payments would be, like ball figure um, or ballpark figure amount for your dream car. So let's say your current monthly payments are sitting at, I don't know, $500. And for your dream car with the credit that you have, not including your negative equity rollover, if you decide to do that, um, you're gonna, your new payments are going to be $800 a month, okay? Well, while you are paying down this car, you can take that budget that was going to be for your new car and take that extra and put it towards your principal balance. So if your monthly payment is already $500 a month, well, additionally, every month you're going to put $300 directly to the principal. That's what's accruing the interest. And that's what you are able to knock down the fastest if you can make principal only payments because you are taking care of your interest in your principal with your monthly payment. And then on the back end, you're taking care of your um, your principal payment only. It's not being divided up in the interest. Then you're going to want to check in monthly. All the goals that you're going to have, you need to have a time set aside to check in, whether it's monthly, weekly, daily, whatever you want to do. And then, of course, the third goal, because I have to do things in threes, is let's say you want to buy a house. That's the one of the major goals or your top three goals in the next 12 months. Cool. Um, you're going to want to lock your reports. You don't want people to pull your credit unnecessarily. Identity theft is super high right now, especially with COVID, especially with the way the economy is going. You want to make sure that you lock your reports, your credit. So you can do like credit report freezes for free on all three major bureau sites. Um, then you are going to more than likely create a subscription to myfico.com. It's not free, but you get the most accurate scores from them. Um, you're going to analyze what needs to be fixed on your credit, right? So the good thing about MyFICO is they will tell you, hey, this is your insights. Your insights are your report cards. Your report card is going to say, okay, um, your payment history is great, but your balances are a little high, so you might want to fix that. Um, your mix of accounts aren't that great. You might need to look into maybe getting a, a credit card if you don't have one, right? You want to analyze what actually makes sense and what you need to fix on your credit report so you can increase your credit score and fix your overall credit profile. Then you want to create a savings plan for, let's say, your down payment, your uh, closing costs, appraisals, et cetera. Depending on your loan program, you may or may not need a down payment or closing costs, but you always want to have extra money stashed away because buying a house, depending on who you're working with, the lender and the program can be expensive just with the fees that, that has to come out of pocket. Then if you have a credit card or you decide to get a credit card so you can build credit and positive payment history, you're going to make sure that your credit card is under 10%. 10% uh, is that sweet spot. Normally, people tell you, okay, you want to stay under 30% utilization, which is great. Great. But the closer you can get to 10% reporting for utilization, the better because it doesn't look like you are heavily reliant on these credit cards. Then you're going to find a loan officer slash broker. And then you're going to shop around for the rates the closer you get to wanting to purchase a home. Um, so these are big goals that you have for the next 12 months but you have little baby steps that you're doing on a weekly, monthly basis. That's the first point <laughs> of starting over financially and getting the most out of it. You want to create realistic plans. The second point is you're going to want to create a routine. All right. 
I don't mean these frou-frou routines that you see on Instagram, okay? You know, the waking up and ironing the sheets and, you know, the 30-step skincare routine. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But I'm not talking about those type of routines. Okay, well, when you wake up and you exercise, if you decide to do that, okay, are you going to look at your budget before you leave for work? So you know how much money you're starting the day off with, what to do today? Or do you have notifications on your um, iCal that tells you, hey, this bill is coming out today. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Like, what is going to be your routine? How often are you going to check in and spend time with your finances? For us in our household, we have finance time on Thursdays because Thursdays are when me and my husband get paid. So um, Thursday, okay, this is what to do next week. This is what's coming up. This is the uh, savings that we need in this account. This is the money that we need to go into our Fidelity uh, accounts. Um, this is what's happening because Friday, I'm not talking about money. And the weekend, I'm not talking about money unless we're talking about us going out to eat or something. Um, then you need to create, oh, excuse me. Then you need to figure out how does the woman who has accomplished what you're trying to accomplish start their day? And again, be realistic because there are people who are out here who wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning to wake up because they are a morning person that fits their schedule, that's their alone time. But you want to pick and choose things that make sense for your life, your goals, and what you can keep up with. You can always tweak things later. That's perfectly fine. Life changes. Nothing is concrete. But you want to kind of get an idea of, okay, the woman that I'm becoming or the woman that I want to become and the things that she has accomplished, this is how she spends her day. Now, this is not me saying, okay, you shouldn't be watching TV. Watch your show, girl. Watch your show. <laughs> this isn't me saying you can't go out to eat and you can't get a drink. Go to brunch with your friends. But how are you spending the bulk of your time? How are you spending, um, or yeah, how are you spending your money? What are you doing to get closer to your goals on a daily or weekly basis, right? Um, then you want to kind of do an audit of your social circle. Who do you spend your time with? Are you, are they helping your cause or hurting your cause? Look, there's a friend for different parts of your life. There's that turn up friend. There's that go getter friend. There's that boss chick friend. There's that marriage friend, whatever. Like who are you spending most of your time with and how are they helping you on that journey that you're trying to accomplish? Your tribe is going to make or break what it is you're trying to do. Oftentimes when people say that if you hang out with nine broke people, you're more than likely going to be the 10th. And it's the same thing with your social circle. So figure out who you're hanging out with. Now, I'm not saying to cut people off. Not everybody has the same goals as you. That's fine. But you have to put people in places and segment them based off of what you need in your life. All right. The third thing is one of, it's a tricky, it's a tricky tip, but it's a very important tip. And it's, you need to keep people out of your business, but also have the right people in your corner. So it's kind of piggybacking off of, you know, who do you spend your time with? But I want to dig a little deeper because there are people who, you know, when you're excited about something and their energy shifts downhill, and you don't want to tell anybody anything anymore, like you're excited you got a promotion, you're excited that you figured out how to corn roll the right side of your head. 
<laughs> you're excited about something. And when you tell them it's, oh, okay, that's cool. And then they switch the subject. You want to keep those people out of your business because those are people who will try to talk you out of what you're trying to accomplish and your goals. I think I've told many of times or uh, I've told the story many of times that my business sat on the shelf for a year because I had someone tell me that no one was going to listen to me, um, a 24-year-old, because <laughs> um, I was too young and my business sat on the shelf for a year. And then now I have clients who are two times, three times my age who listen to me just fine. So you want to um, be very mindful about who you're letting in your business as far as the goals that you're trying to accomplish. But then on the other hand, you want the you want to have the right people in your corner. Um, when I say that, y'all know I'm a huge advocate for therapy, okay? I am. I have my therapy appointment at least uh, once every two weeks. And as a matter of fact, I have one next week. And some of you may not have a money problem. Some of you have a mindset problem. Some of you have a trauma problem. Um, there's a reason why you are self-sabotaging. There's a reason why you think that money shouldn't be easy to you or you shouldn't live an abundant life or that everything has to be hard or you have to work hard for everything. I am, <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all how my therapist pretty much talked about me in front of my face. Um, she told me that I was used to surviving and not thriving. So financial peace has made me uncomfortable or the idea of financial peace has made me uncomfortable. And that's true. I've never seen a lot of financially abundant people growing up. Okay. My mom had when she, when she was 19 years old. There are not many 19 year old single mothers who have a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> so, um, that was a, a huge mindset thing that really needed to be worked on. Um, I am also someone who believes or used to believe that, oh, I had to work hard for the things that I wanted to um, accomplish because everybody tells you growing up, you have to work hard. You work hard, you get the results. And that's not always the case. I'm realizing that simplicity and ease is more profitable and it's more relaxing. It's more peaceful. It's more rewarding. So you need to figure out, you know, what is going on with you mentally that is blocking you financially. Because a lot of people will say, I don't make enough money and we go through their budget. And I'm like, girl, you're making you're making some dollars. You're you're good. Like based on the numbers that you're showing me and you're you're, you know, sending me, you're making good money. The problem is what you're thinking and how you think. So there's that. <laughs> um. And then last but certainly not least, y'all need to stop following too many people's financial advice, okay? Um, sometimes I go through people's profiles to see who they're following. And a lot of times they're following conflicting money personalities. Um, I don't know how y'all think you're going to be successful following conflicting money personalities, especially if you're following them or trying to follow them to a T, right? You have one person telling you, do not invest until you pay off debt. Then you have another person telling you, okay, yeah, you can invest, pay off debt and save at the same time. And now you're sitting in the middle conflicted and confused because you don't know how to merge those pieces of information. You can't, you cannot merge that information. It's one of those things. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you got to pick one or the other. Okay, um, so I'm gonna throw in a bonus task for y'all 
after you watch this live or watch the the replay, go through your following list. Who are you following and are they helping you? Are they hurting you financially? And unfollow the people who don't fit what you're trying to do. I think I I did a video, uh, Lord, I think two months ago-ish, talking about my money personality. I am a passive money personality. I don't want to have my hands on my money every single time. I want to have a system. I want to feed that system and I want to maintain it maybe once or twice a month. I don't want to have to actively manage my money all the time. That's exhausting. I have to figure out, like I I had to figure out what made sense for me. When I tell y'all I want to be a woman of leisure and comfort, my idea of that is not me hounding over my finances all the time. It's me knowing that I made the proper decisions for my investments and I um, feed that system. It's me knowing that I have my set expenses a month and those are paid. I don't have to do the most. And I want you to understand that you don't have to do the most to get the most out of what you do either. So you need to figure out what money personality works best for you and what you're trying to accomplish. All right. So those are the four main things that you can do to get the most out of starting over financially, whether you are in your 30s, whether you are in your 40s or 50s, you're not too old to start over. It's not too late to reach the financial goals that you're trying to set for yourself. You have a lot more power and energy over what you can accomplish than you currently understand. And if you just implement a fraction of what we talked about tonight, it'll at least take you a step further than where you've been. It'll take you out of that loop of, oh, I'm doing the same thing over again. I'm self-sabotaging. I am doing, um, I'm having to start over again. No, if you follow, at least take, if you, if you just take creating a routine into an account, your life can change drastically. Your finances can change drastically. It's those little habits that build up. It's like the snowball effect. One action can cause a major reaction that is the most beneficial for you in the long run. So with that being said, if uh, you are someone, again, who wants to make sure that your questions are answered via a podcast episode, you can always join the text club uh, by texting hashtag text club to 201-258-3995. I do text back. It's not an automated thing. I actually text back, okay? But talk to me, okay? If you are watching this live or you're watching the replay on YouTube, let me know if this episode was helpful. What stuck out to you to what stuck out to you the most? If you are listening to this on the podcast, text me. Text me your response. I definitely love hearing from you and I love being able to see your feedback. Um, I definitely appreciate your time and appreciate you listening and or watching. Watching. 